all human thought, all science, all religion, is the holding of the candles of the world's past. Are we ceasing to get we gave the start knowledge? Or do we gaze at the cosmos to hear reality? When the stars are running back, they could fly the world from the the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back listeners. Today we will be playing Good Vibes Only, a scenario written by Fedra Floru aka me and published by The Stars Are Right. This scenario is available to buy and run for your own group. Just check our website or buy directly on DriveThruRPG, link below. Now, who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Nicola Kuhn and uh, I've got my feet in a paddling pool because it's way too warm in here. Noxicals. I am playing James Canavan, a sensitive artiste and young trans man, uh, and I am also so hot I'm podcasting in my pants. Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Russell Buran, and I'm picking up good vibrations. Seb. Hi, uh, I'm playing civil engineer Karen Coakley, and much like Noxicals, I am mostly naked at the moment. And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day, and I wish you all blessed and very cool auras throughout this playthrough. I can feel my chakras aligning already. <laughs> <laughs> the scenario begins with you arriving at Heartland Hill, the site of the retreat. It is an unusually warm and humid summer day. <laughs> which Imagine. It is every time I run this game. I'm not sure if there's any uh, association there. Oh, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> She's manifesting. <laughs> you find yourselves in a small crowd of sweaty attendees, having walked 20 minutes or so from the parking area and carrying your overnight bags. Uh, the retreat is in the middle of the woodlands. There are some yurts on one side of the grounds and a series of cabins on the other. Near the far end, there is a slightly elevated larger building with big glass windows. In the middle, there is a large lake. As you arrive, uh, please tell us a little bit about what the other players would see, what the other people there would see um, when they look at your character, and perhaps talk a little bit about what you would have brought with you. So what you want to add to your uh, possessions in your character sheet, besides, of course, your treasured possession that we'll talk about later. Seb, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, so Karen is quite tall. Um, she's about six feet tall. Uh, she has long brown hair and blue eyes. Um, she's normally quite pale, but has a little bit of a tan at the moment because it's uh, obviously coming into summer. Um, she's wearing um, like grey leggings and a, and a tank top, uh, given the heat, uh, to try and stay a bit cooler. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that you need from me? 
If you'd like to add anything to your character sheet as a possession, uh, besides your treasured possession, uh, you feel like you would have brought with you as Karen, now is the time. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, it's a one overnight stay. Nice. So uh, probably a change of clothes, um, like a little bathroom bag uh, with um, you know, like some, some dry shampoo and, uh, and uh, um, shower gel and that sort of thing, but also uh, probably a lot of sunscreen, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, and given that this, is, this looks like a relatively uh, sort of rural area, probably like insect repellent, I think Karen would be quite conscientious about that sort of thing. Okay, great. Noxicals. Okay, so James is a short but handsome white man with brown hair and soft features. Uh, despite the heat, James is wearing a, a hoodie and sort of fairly baggy jeans um, and is holding himself sort of not incredibly confidently as he lugs his bag towards the, uh, the centre of the retreat. Um, in terms of things that he's brought with him, I imagine that James will have his drawing pens with him, some fancy sort of Japanese graphic pens that he'll use for his artwork. Uh, he'll have a copy of Goodbye Chunky Rice by Craig Thompson, which is one of his favourite graphic novels. Uh, and he'll have plenty of sun cream because a uh, relatively pale-skinned dude. Awesome. Lydia? So Russell Duran is a 59-year-old man from Cambodia originally. Russell Duran is not the name he was born with, but he changed it when he came to England to study medicine as a young man. He's a GP, uh, so he's fairly well off. So he's wearing kind of athleisure clothes, uh, very high quality, but quite understated. So like a, a kind of a zip-up light cardigan, which he's carrying on under one arm because it's a hot day and uh, a pair of good quality but again understated trainers in terms of the things he'd be bringing with him uh, along with usual kind of overnight gear like toiletries and such like i think he'd bring a journal with him i think he likes to have the habit of writing something in a journal before he goes to bed every night and also a book whatever book he's reading right now all right, and how? I'm playing Nicola Kuhn. She's 37 years old. She's a psychology researcher. Um, she's studying the people of a specific community in China because she recently learned through DNA testing um, that she has sort of people there, that her fam half of her family's from there. Um, her adopted mother is English, but she's sort of um, learning more about her culture and that part of her ethnic origin. Um, she is dressed quite professionally. Um, she's got fairly bold uh, but still professional makeup and she's probably wearing sort of sleeker clothes than most of the people you'd imagine coming to a meditation retreat uh, with a few sort of Chinese um, accessories here and there, little symbols on the earrings that sort of thing. And her credit rating is quite low because, you know, psychology researcher. So I'm going to go ahead and say that her mother um, treated her to some of these these clothes. These are gifts from her and she she accessorizes well and she's probably packed. I'm going to say Nicola is one of those people who packs like they do on travel blogs. You know, those like picture perfect suitcases with everything like carefully tucked in its own little pocket. That's what oh, her suitcase, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Everything rolled up and Marie condoed to within an inch of its life. I love mm-hmm. that. Even the colours match. It's great. The mm. suitcase is pristine. No mud on it. She's got a little compact makeup kit. She probably bought a notebook. She's determined to do this right. She's never done this sort of thing before. Um, but uh, yeah, she's going to do it right and look good doing it. And maybe she's bought a... Is this a no technology retreat? Do we know going into it? Yeah. So they're going to take her phones and things. Would they object to a uh, like a disposable camera? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say she's brought a disposable camera, and then okay. as soon as they tell her the rules at the beginning, she's like, "Oh!" and then she hides it and doesn't take it out. <laughs> How well does she hide it? Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> she sounds like goals, to be honest. <laughs> Definitely travel goals. She wants uh, to take pictures for her mum. Okay. So. You know, as you're milling about with everyone else, you've seen the others, you've seen uh, some other people, um, let's say around 20-ish or a few more, a few less. And soon uh, a woman appears from inside the big, big building uh, northward on the map uh, with a couple of people following her. She seems to be quite official. She has a lanyard and the people following her uh, handing out packs of papers, maybe pamphlets. Uh, the woman addresses the crowd. You can tell now that she's a bit closer up. She looks like she's maybe in her 40s, 50s, it's hard to tell. She's a white woman with uh, tan skin, blue eyes and blonde hair that she has uh, fashioned into locks. She is wearing up several pendant symbols from various religions and um, she's looking quite quite stately. She's perhaps wearing traditional attire of some culture. Definitely not hers. She's generally kind of a strange mishmash of, of different cultural identities. She addresses the crowd and she says My warmest greetings, fellow children of Mother Earth. I am Guru Sage, and I'm so excited to welcome you to our retreat here at Heartland Hill. Here you will get the chance to let go of all that's negative in your past and present. You will flourish and integrate with your true higher self, as you were always meant to. I know it's a lot to expect in just a weekend, But I've been through a retreat like this before and it changed my life. And I promise you, if you let it, it will change yours too. For the better. You won't let negativity and fear hold you back anymore, making space in your heart for good vibes only. And you will blossom into the energetic being you truly are. You know, not that long ago I was letting myself down. Believing I didn't deserve anything, embracing hopelessness. I was stuck in an abusive relationship and I thought there was nothing better there for me. Look at me now. I am free from him. I am my own woman, never letting anyone or anything control my emotional well-being. And I am here, spreading positivity and happiness, inspired and driven by light and passionate fire. This is my goal in life. She takes a deep breath, holding her hand over her chest, as if spreading compassion to the entire crowd. Now for some logistics, my assistants here will have handed you a printed guide for the retreat. 
This includes our schedule and some fundamental rules to make sure you foster a safe environment for yourselves and other attendees. Please read it carefully. As a first order of business, we will collect your phones and other technical devices. As the rules say, technology is prohibited. And then you'll be split into groups, assigned a leader to your team and proceed into the bonding yurts for your first meditation. Once again, lovely to meet all of you. Namaste. Sage bows and leaves, picks up a piece of paper from one of the assistants and takes some time reading it. I'm going to now hand you uh, the retreat schedule, which all of you have a copy of. Would anyone like to give us a read? Sure. Uh, so rule number one, phones are prohibited. They will be taken by staff and give it back at the end. You can take pics and post about us all you'd like on departure day. Hashtag Heartland Hill vibes. Participation is important for healing. Don't skip activities. Try to keep an open mind and let yourself try new things. They might surprise you. Rule number three, a positive and happy group looks on the bright side. Don't put negativity on others. Good vibes only here. Rule number four, keep your own rooms and bathrooms clean. We have no cleaners on staff. Some karma yoga is always good for you. And rule number five, don't enter the staff's private rooms. We need some time to be alone and meditate too. Smiley face. No, winky face. <laughs> Would someone else like to read the retreat schedule then? Yeah, I'm happy to, uh, if no one else wants to. So the Heartland Hill Retreat Schedule 2022. At 9.30am we'll start with arrival at the retreat grounds. At 10am there will be group meditation in the bonding yurts. At 12 there will be gratitude journaling in the meditation hall. At 1.30pm uh, is a lunch break in the meditation hall slash retreat grounds. At 2.30pm we will be letting go of attachments in the retreat grounds brackets woodland. At 4.30pm we will be surrendering to wholeness in the retreat grounds brackets lake. Uh, at 7.30pm there'll be dinner in the meditation hall and at 9pm it'll be sleep time in our bedrooms. Uh, then on departure day from 6 to 8am it'll be breakfast and photo opportunities in the retreat grounds before a 9 to 10am departure. Lovely, thank you very much. So after all your phones and uh, cameras have been collected, one of the assistants starts uh, reading out names and in particular your names. So you hear all your names called by this uh, young man. Uh, and also a couple of other names, including the name Kiana Winter. You, I assume, go to the person calling your name. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Feeling slightly chastened because I didn't realize I wasn't allowed a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm already failing. You yep. can't take photos on departure day. Hashtag Heartland Hill vibes. I'm going to exactly. fill up that thing. You're never going to reach enlightenment like this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's uh, the four of you uh, and uh, two young black women. One of them has short hair and is wearing a kind of like a, a tracksuit. She introduces herself as Talia, says hello. And the other one has hair more in an Afro style and uh, she introduces herself as Kiana. At this point, you're all still carrying your luggage. You haven't had a chance to go to uh, the accommodation yet, but that's okay because the 
retreat assistant who introduced himself as Malcolm uh, starts leading you to the bonding yurts and points to the one you're supposed to go in. Malcolm is in his mid-twenties, a white man, shoulder-length brown hair and a, a light beard. He's very traditionally attractive, um, but he's wearing kind of more hipsterish, comfortable clothing. And you can tell that he's uh, probably very health conscious as he's quite, quite well built. He guides you to the bonding yurt, which you can see on the map. And you uh, start heading into the, the yurt that is assigned to you. In fact, you see Kiana get a head start and enter first. Who would like to follow her? James is definitely a hanger backer. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I feel like uh, I feel like Karen would be sort of hanging back and like trying to trying to like get to know people as we're going in. Mm -hmm. uh, so there would be a moment where she'd like um, sidle up to Nicola and say, uh, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Karen. Um, I really like her suitcase." <laughs> ah, Nicola likes that. Um, thank you so much. Uh, it's actually it's a gift from my mother. Is that? <laughs> Is that a weird thing to say? Hi, I'm Nicola. Hi, um, and and Karen will like slightly awkwardly, awkwardly kind of put her arms out and go to like hug you, assuming that's the kind of vibe that this place encourages. You definitely get like a blank stare for a moment, and then like a oh no, yeah, no, that's that's what we're here for. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then she'll it'll be awkward because like she'll she'll try and push down the um, handle on her wheelie suitcase, but like it gets stuck. So then she's like okay, and then she leaves it, but then the suitcase falls over as you're hugging. So you got you got to contend with that. Malcolm sees you hugging and is very excited. He says, "Oh, excellent! It has begun so well. May I join in?" Uh, okay. Hi. Uh, group sure. hug. Ah, oh, we're all family here. Um, so there's a group hug happening outside. What is what is Russell doing? Is he joining in after after <laughs> entering after Kiana? I don't think Russell is quite the group hug type <laughs> of guy. He's quite reserved. He's quite introspective. But I think he quietly goes into the yurt and he sort of catches oh. people's eyes as they Wait. go in. Oh. Nope. Because as soon as you enter the yurt, I'd like a spot hidden before you say anything oh, else. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, right then. Fair enough. <laughs> spot hidden. What have I got? Oh, I've got 49 on spot hidden. Oh, yes. 41. Okay. So, uh, you can see that Kiana enters the yurt first and there's an incense uh, in the middle of the kind of cushions and see accidentally, but you think maybe on purpose, extinguishes it. And then she says, Oh, Malcolm, uh, the incense, uh, it needs, it, it, it seems to be off, it needs some lighting. Uh, and Malcolm lets go of the lovely group hag and says, I'll be right back. And you see Russell before anyone else enters, that she takes an identical-looking stick from her pocket and replaces the one in the middle of the room. This seems quite curious to Russell, but he's certain that they know what they're doing and they know best, so he just sort of mentally files that away for a moment, thinks it's a bit odd, and then just goes to find a 
space to sit down. If uh, other people come in, he kind of meets their eye and gives them a quiet but polite nod and a little smile. Okay, so everyone is inside the yard at this point with your little luggage behind you. How big is this yurt? Just, I mean, are we like, are we like really squished in? It's like a, it's like a glamping. No, it's a good glamping yurt. Enforced continuous group hug. You are sitting on cushions. You're not. It's not like you know. You're sitting in a circle on cushions, and behind you, there's just enough room for your cozy, cozy and bonding. I'm not okay, but I'm not forced into physical contact with anybody. No, you don't have to touch anyone. Uh, Malcolm returns, lights the incense that Russell, you know, is the new incense. And then you begin your first activity. He says, oh, I'm so glad to see everyone here. I feel like we will all get along superbly. I can see you are people of mental and physical health and stamina that were willing to take on this challenge by stride and become the best versions of yourselves. I wanted to let you know that here, uh, this is our time for bonding. And of course, everything we share with each other is completely confidential. Nothing will leave this yet. So feel free to be open and vulnerable with each other so that we can foster true healing. So as a little bit of a bonding activity in this bonding yet I thought it would be more interesting instead of doing one of the classic games like two truths and a lie to start off by showing everyone uh, an item that means a lot to you in some way I know we've uh, mentioned it in our welcome email that you should bring something you're prepared to talk about so I trust everyone has so why don't you show us what you've brought and tell us a little bit about what it means to you. And then maybe at the end, we'll spend a little while meditating on the peace and joy that the possession brings you. Who wants to go first? Realistic, nobody wanting to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, Karen will wait because... Um, she, she's aware of the fact that her thing is kind of weird and she doesn't want to go first, but seeing that no one else is volunteering uh, will sort of, like, raise a hand. Uh, so Karen pulls out a, uh, a pocket knife. Um, it's a Swiss Army knife, um, stainless steel, uh, but it looks quite scuffed um, and a little battered, as if it's uh, been quite well used and probably been kept for quite a long time. Um, there, are, there are subtle hints of uh, like sort of scrape marks where uh, it looks like patches of it have maybe rusted ever so slightly and been cleaned. Um, and uh, she, she holds it in a hand that is uh, that is steady, but, but you can tell from her expression that she's not entirely um, uh, sort of emotionally still as she's uh, as she starts to talk about it. And she says. Um, uh, I joke sometimes that my mum gave me three things uh, before she died. Um, my name, my jawline, and this. Uh, probably not quite the right sort of thing for for this, but um, it's sort of all I've got left of her. 
It's just been me and my dad since I was quite young. And she she looks at um, Marcus. Is that his name? Malcolm. Malcolm, and says uh, and says like, should I should I keep going? Speak from your heart. Okay, it's been just my dad and me for almost as long as I can remember. Sometimes I try not to, but sometimes if I haven't seen a picture in a while, I almost feels like I forget what she looks like. I still miss her though. But you'll always have the memories. Hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's go around the room. James? Oh, um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so James will root around in his hand luggage and he pulls out uh, a large uh, and quite tatty sort of artist sketchbook. And um, it's got bits of paper sort of wedged into it. It's having to be held shut with one of those big sort of rubber bands. Um, and James says, um, so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm an artist. I, I, I write graphic novels and, um, uh, this is, uh, the sketchbook where all of my original ideas for my, my first novel, um, were drawn and written. And, um, yeah, it's, it, um, it served me really well, you know, it was, um, it was something that allowed me to make a change in my life and follow my passion and my dream. And it's really important to me that I don't forget the the sort of birth of, of that thing. You know, it's something I'm really proud of. Um, and, you know, God knows, I, I don't always feel very proud of myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I like to look back and, and, and see the sort of roughs, you know, that got worked up into this thing, um, this this final work of art, and yeah, I, I'm trying to use the same the same sketchbook for my next um, for my next novel, um, but um, it's not going as well. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I can I can sense there's a uh, deep frustration with uh, your items and I hope that in time you learn that there is so much joy to be found in things that bring us all kinds of emotions and connections and also the memories that these things have shown us. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable. Russell? And Russell pauses for a moment. He's not really used to being open and being vulnerable, but he's here to give it a good go. So he reaches into his bag and he takes out a black leather case, which is quite old, it's quite worn, but it's also well looked after. And he opens it and there is a stethoscope inside and he takes it out and he says, this is my first stethoscope that I first had as a young man when I came to England from Cambodia. I have carried it with me all my life and it calms me sometimes. It always reminds me of how hard I have worked all my life to, and how lucky I was to be able to leave Cambodia and find a better life here in the UK. 
sometimes I just like to listen to my own heartbeat with it when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm not certain where to turn, and it calms me down. Yes, sir. A way to regulate our physical body. I, myself, like to exercise. That keeps my heart healthy, and I'm sure you'd appreciate that. Absolutely. Nicola? Uh, Nicola uh, unzips the front pocket of her little wheelie bag uh, and pulls out a necklace. I know she doesn't. She's probably wearing it. She's wearing it. She untucks it um, from her jacket. Um, and it's got a symbol on it. It's got a Chinese symbol. Let's say for the um, for the year that she was born. Say year of the horse. It's got a cool stylized horse on it. Um, <clears throat> and she says, um, "I've been. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm a I'm a psychology researcher and." Um, I'm, I'm really interested in the way people think, obviously, um, and I, I've been, uh, I was, I was adopted, um, my, my mother raised me here, but, um, I mean, you can, you can probably tell, I, my, my parents, my, my biological parents, I mean, um, were Chinese, and I, I did, um, I, I actually, I got a DNA test, um, just uh, a year or two ago, and I've been been really interested in looking into my ancestry and trying to learn as much as I can. I've actually I've started a research project um, about uh, the people, um, the communities back in the region of China where uh, my parent, oh, my my birth parents were from, um, and there's a lot of feelings wrapped up in that for me. Uh, I've I've been been reading things in in libraries and archives here, and I've and I've gone over there to to find out what I can, and it's been it's been a lot of work, and I've spoken to I've spoken to some really amazing people. Um, it has it's it's uh, it's caused me a bit of friction with my uh, my mother, my, my my adopted mother, my English mother. Um, she, I love her. Uh, she loves me, and she gives a little. Um, bashful nod towards Karen. Um, I'm realizing that I'm I'm pretty lucky to have her, but um, yeah, it, this uh, this was given to me by one of the one of the uh, elders in the in this village where I was interviewing people. She was the sweetest old lady, and it just I don't know. In that, maybe it was the the tea she gave me. She was just so hospitable, and just for a little bit, I. I, it felt strangely like coming home, but also, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking too much. <laughs> I, I'm having trouble feeling like I have a home at the moment, and I guess that's why I'm here. Um, and this just, this reminds me of a home that I could have had, or maybe I can find, and just, it's, it's precious to me. Hmm. It's good to have those feelings of belonging. It does sound to me like perhaps you could do with being a bit more in your body and a bit less in your head, Nicola. Let the feelings be experienced. Don't overthink them. 
Nicola goes to uh, make a note of this in her <laughs> notebook and then and then thinks better of it and puts it away. <laughs> Talia takes a turn. She takes out a little box and she kind of smiles shyly and opens it. And inside the box are human teeth. She says, I know this is strange. Now don't say anything. These are not mine. Um, Who was it said their item was weird? <laughs> Saying they're not mine does not make it less weird. Yeah. <laughs> Look, no, I it's definitely weird. love my little sister. Uh, she's a menace, but I don't get to see her, see her very much. We have a big age gap. So, well, she's decided that I can be her tooth fairy. So whenever she loses her teeth, that tooth, she sends it to me and... Well, I know, I know it's strange, but I've, I've kept them, and over time, they just reminded me more and more of how much she means to me, even if I don't see her as much as I'd like to. So, I guess, um, yeah, I've brought human teeth. <laughs> I think Karen will, Karen will kind of smile, especially <laughs> at the at the weird comment, and will say, um, "I think it's really sweet." And then it's uh, Kiana's turn. She takes out from her bag a seashell and she says, uh, this shell here means a lot to me. Uh, I picked it up from the sea one time and I was with my family at the time and it just looks very pretty. So I just, uh, brings me a lot of positive feelings. She gives a big smile. So, so just to be clear, totally the most cursory description of everybody. Uh, you can roll a psychology if you like. Oh, I don't know. Is James any good at psychology? Oh, J- oh okay. James has got some psychology. Go on then. I will... Uh, oh, pass. 17. That's a hard success. Uh, would anyone else like to, or it's up to you? Yeah, I think Russell would. I think he's the type to sort of listen more than he talks generally. I'm a psychologist. Let's freaking go for it. Uh, That's a fail, though. That was 93. Russell, it's a really pretty shell, so you can see it. I got a 97, so that's not happening. You also like the shell. I love it. Actually, that's a fumble because I have less than 50 psychology for some reason. You made a psychology researcher that only has 42 in psychology? You don't have to have good insight on people to take data. (laughs) It's not not psychology as in the science, it's psychology as in the the ability to read people. That's actually a really good point. I'm really good at the data entry part of it. I can make a spreadsheet like nobody's business. (laughs) Social skills are our old enemy on this podcast. (laughs) The true villain. So I fumble. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Karen, did you roll or are you not paying attention? I did not roll. Um, I think Karen is is feeling a little overwhelmed by everything that's going on um, uh, and is just sort of taking, uh, accepting what people are, are saying more or less at, at face value at this point. Yeah, that's okay. Nicola, you start feeling quite overwhelmed by everyone's emotional stories and the going to the seaside with your family one somehow was <laughs> too much for you. That really gets me, man. One um, time I went to the seaside with my mom. I went to the seaside. 
I dropped my ice cream in the sand and it traumatized me forever. And you start holding back tears oh, and sobbing. It's gonna make me cry in real life. <laughs> James, yes. who is the only one who knows anything. Uh, Just generally. You can tell that Kiana is absolutely lying about the shell. She does so, not so care about it. Not just it isn't that big a deal, like just a complete stone cold lie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that no one else could pick up on besides you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, I'm not the same person that witnessed the, the incense swap. Yeah, so there you go. Probably and just raise an eyebrow, I guess. You can also see with your hard success that Malcolm is kind of curiously looking at the incense a couple of times, just kind of slightly confused, but not not perturbed. What does the incense smell like? Frankincense. And Malcolm says, thank you for sharing everyone. I know this isn't about me, so I haven't brought my most significant item, but for the purposes of joining, mine is my neutral bullet. I don't know why that gets me sorry. <laughs> just, he says that completely unironically. He just puts all the nutrients and antioxidants and detoxifies my body. <laughs> oh god, I can't with this guy. it's uh, what's led to this and he kind of flexes suddenly. Um, Oh Amazing. god! I love that. I'd like to roll sanity at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All of the stuff that he's been saying about like stop overthinking things, like think more about the body and the mind, is all adding up now. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, okay, makes sense. <laughs> and he, and then uh, he says, now let us proceed to the meditation part of this bonding activity. Everyone, sit comfortably, back straight. Let your eyes close, or almost close. Take a few deep breaths and let us spend some time meditating about our item and other people's items and emotions that might have come up and notice them, let them go. Now, if we were playing this in person, I might actually do your little guided meditation. It might be a fun activity, but since we're recording and we're in hot boxes, will proceed past the meditation and assume you've done it. It feels like half an hour or so that you are spending with your eyes closed. And towards the end, you feel the ground vibrate briefly, like a small earthquake, just for a few seconds. Malcolm says, Oh, that is, that is nothing. Please return to your meditation. It happens sometimes here. And then when it's time, he says, please open your eyes, return to the room, notice a few things around you, look at each other's faces, smile. Now, uh, if there are no questions, I shall escort you to your accommodation where you can unpack and spend some time resting before the first activity. I will come pick you up from there when the time comes. Quick question. Um, the, the retreat that we're on, it's mm -hmm. like in the UK, right? It's near Reading. Am I right in saying that? It's in Somerset. Somerset. Um, 
Uh, oh, because Redding's where my character's from. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is, is there some sort of, like, check that I can do to ascertain whether he's full of shit about the earthquake being natural? Because having lived in... Having oftentimes been from the UK, um, <laughs> and confirm earthquakes not super common here. No, but what would they be if not if not natural, as far as Karen is concerned? I don't know, like some sort of <laughs> cave system under the ground that's shifting about that we haven't been told about. Like there could be the health exciting. and safety issues here. Subsidence in this yurt. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're making a secondary income by fracking underneath this supposed <laughs> retreat. The true I'm horror. I'm just saying, like, if, if, <laughs> if this place was built on, like, mines from the, like, Industrial Revolution, they could be saving money on the land rental and, <laughs> like, putting us all in danger. Uh, um... We can fast track this right now. We just get a pickaxe and start digging down to the final boss. <laughs> I feel like as a person who has lived in the UK their whole lives, you know that earthquakes are super strange here. If you want okay. to do psychology about how he feels about it, then that's also welcome if you'd like. Um, yeah, I feel like Karen's a woman of science. She <laughs> she is like slightly like sus about this, but also... Uh, has really bad psych psychology, so let's see how this goes. That is <laughs> an epic fail of, of astronomical proportions. You, you start considering that maybe the meditation and the psychical power that you're connected into at the same time is manifesting into true physical effects. Perhaps real change can happen here. <laughs> And perhaps you know the mind is more powerful <laughs> than you thought. Better keep you know an open what? mind. Seems legit. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this is one of these normal for Glastonbury things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're taken to your accommodation uh, and you're all let inside a small and cozy cabin. Uh, there are just enough uh, beds for the six of you, so there are bunk beds, three of them. Uh, there's a bathroom facing the front door with a sink, a toilet and a shower inside. And you'll have a small bedside table or cabinet that you can put your things in. Decorating the room are some lovely plants as well as various motivational posters with positive quotes, uh, lotus flowers, other images, chakra maps and things like that. And yeah, Malcolm says, okay, settle in everyone. I'll come back later to pick you up for the next activity, as is in your retreat schedule as well. And you take some time to unpack. Everyone takes a turn using the bathroom since you've been traveling for quite a while this morning. And, uh, you know, emotions. And yeah, would you would you like to do anything specific? I think James will uh, take a bottom bunk somewhere, uh, pull, him, pull himself up against the, the wall of the shack, um, pull out his um, big sketch pad, and just immediately start sketching Malcolm. Um, but With it's a extra big muscles. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a kind of it's a kind of stereotyped version of Malcolm, <laughs> like wearing really hippy dippy clothes <laughs> and like muscle bound with like a tiny top of his head. 
um, and sort of smiles to himself once he's gotten that out. <laughs> nice. I think Russell is going to put everything away very neatly in all the drawers and tuck his pyjamas underneath his pillow, folded nicely, and then he's going to look around the room and look at the motivational posters and the chakra map and everything else. It's very nice. Homely. Cozy. Uh, I think um, Karen will take this opportunity to try and get to know the other uh, the other attendees. Um, starting with whoever's closest. Oh, just to confirm, are we all in the same room? Yeah. Great. Cool. Um, yeah, she'll uh, she'll go over to uh, to James first, I think, and say um, hi, uh, James. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hi, uh, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. Um, uh, and she'll like uh, she'll like go to kind of give you a, a slightly awkward hug because you're presumably seated and drawing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so I've got like my knees drawn up to rest my book on so there'll be a, an awkward <laughs> like... Oh, um. She'll like kind of swap it over for like a handshake if that's more convenient. Uh, so, okay, so we get stuck in this sort of <laughs> like like dance in the high street. Exactly, style. exactly. <laughs> like... End up doing like a forearm clasp like Roman legionaries. <laughs> awkward! Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, and then she'll say, um, "What are you trying?" Oh, um, I, 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 pro- I probably, I, I probably shouldn't. It's, it's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to show me. I just uh... no, no. It's, it's, it's okay. But don't. It's not. It's not meant offensively, I guess. And uh, and Jay's will sort of t- like look around to see who else can see, and then turn it around, and you can see this sort of muscle-bound, tiny-headed Malcolm. <laughs> nice. Um, so, so, like, have you have you? I'm assuming that James is quite good at this. Like, this is something that he's, you know, well, very skilled at. I have bloody hope so. Uh, uh-huh. What's yeah, your yeah. odd skill? <laughs> Basically, my heart is only 38 <laughs> percent. It's so mostly it's, stick figures. <laughs> it's not that it's great. I mean, comics. Yeah. You don't need to make them hyper realistic. You just need to make them no, fun. No, it's it's a it's a caricatured kind of thing. It's not like a a lifelike picture. But there's a you know there's a talent to the caricature. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And like arts and crafts is, is you know, like something that by default you have like a zero or like a five in. So, so you're much, much better than, than the average person. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Karen will like laugh and say, um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I think you might have drawn what we were all thinking. Yeah. I mean, when he said neutrabullet, I, mean, <laughs> I, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> But you know what? I respect the guy for doubling down. He yeah. he has his priorities straight. He knows what he wants out of life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, At oh, some yeah. point during your conversation, Kiana has finished kind of uh, putting her bag under the bed or getting ready. And she says, uh, so, uh, anyone know anyone who's been to a retreat like this or to this one before? Uh, Nicola shakes her head. Yes, a couple of my colleagues have been here before and recommended it to me, so I thought I'd try. Oh. Are they well? 
As far as I know, I, I don't know them particularly well. We just... Ships pass in the night, as you know, in a staff room. Just a locum at my practice. Oh. Okay, uh... Um... Why do you ask? I just, uh... I guess I, I know someone who's who's been before, but... Oh. And they didn't have a positive experience? It was a five-star review online. That's that's all I know. I, um... I guess maybe not, not ev everyone has a positive... I need... I... I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, God. It's all right. Sit, sit down. Yes, Are um... Are you well? Do you feel all right? I don't... I... I'm a... God. I... I need to tell... I don't know who else... I need to tell someone. I need... If I tell you something, will you all, all of you, just promise to not tell anyone? Please. Um. Yeah, sure. I promise. And not, not Malcolm, not Sage, not anyone, anyone else. Well, of course. Uh, uh, hang on a minute then. Uh, and James will like put the rubber band back around his book and pop to the door of the cabin and just sort of lean out and check that there's no one around. No. And then close it. Thank you. Uh, how about the rest of you? Sure. What's uh, up? Yeah, yeah. What's on your mind? I guess that's that's the best I'm gonna get. Um, so okay, so uh, my partner, she came to this retreat not not too long ago. Um, she she's not well. She came back um, not not herself anymore. She was strange and um different different how and and caring empty she she was basically lobotomized i i don't know how oh my god i think i think they did something here i think it has to do with the incense and i came here to try and figure out what happened so I can maybe get her back, but I don't think I've been thinking about it. I don't think I can do it alone. I need help and I don't know. I, I need help. What makes you say the incense? Ah, uh, yes. Um, so I, she goes back to her bag. She pulls the bag out. She says, I found when she came back, she barely spoke to me. She stopped going to work. She didn't care about anything. And then I found her old journal. She brought a journal here and she was writing in it. She somehow managed to bring it home. I found it in the bin and I, I read it, okay? I like I didn't know what else to do. I read it and inside it said the most unbelievable things. She said that the incense was making her feel I'd, I, I, I took some notes. She pulls out a like a torn paper from a notebook and she says, "I didn't bring the journal uh, because it's too dangerous. It's it's evidence. So, but I copied 
the main things I got from it on this paper. Um, would anyone would anyone like to read it? I think Russell would look at it. Okay, she says, incense. This is bad, and also, I'm sorry to tell you like this, but um, they're going to make you bury your your items what you brought here. What? What? All our luggage. That's that's what you said in the journal. That was the the second activity. Not not all your at luggage, just just the things that mean a lot to you. No. <laughs> no. Just just what? read re- read the read read the paper, please. And Russell has been reading it quietly to himself for a moment, and then he looks up and says, uh, "Shall I read it out?" The first bit is 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 the rules that I've made for myself, and the second bit are just some. Uh, Negative affirmations. I'll explain that in a bit. Very well. All right. The rules that are written on this paper say, number one, do not inhale the incense. Mm -hmm. Number two, read negative words. Number three, do not be negative in front of the staff. Four, find the underground room in the meditation hall. Five, we are surrounded by an invisible and impenetrable barrier. Yep. And then the next part says, people are dangerous. Nothing lasts and it hurts. No one can save you but yourself. Children die every day. Racism, sexism and ableism run the world. You can't fix most of it. These are the, the negative affirmations I've, I've written for myself. She said that, well, she inhaled the incense and she felt all fake happy, like she couldn't control herself. But when she read the past entries in her journals, she snapped back and she thought that maybe, maybe reading or thinking or absorbing negative things help her stay herself. But I guess, it didn't help for long. At some point, they caught her. They caught her break too many rules. And they they took her somewhere. I think, I think, I think it's in the meditation hall somewhere. But of course, she didn't write anything after, the, after that. Um, so, sorry, so those rules at the top, You've written those based on on things that your your partner said in in the journal. Yes, I. That's that's all I know. I know that I swapped the incense in the in the yurt, and well, when you were all being really negative about your personal possessions, well, Malcolm seemed a bit confused. I uh, think we were supposed to all be much smilier. I I noticed Malcolm looking towards the incense when you were when you were sharing the story about the seashell (laughs) I noticed Malcolm looked a bit disturbed he kept glancing at it like it wasn't what he expected somehow we were all supposed to be smiley and happy and all the time and 
we have to be in front of them. We, it's in the rules. If we are negative or aggressive or break any rules, I think they'll punish us and I think it will be just like what they did to Sylvia. I think we're in real danger. Uh, I, <clears throat> I believe you, um, but just... Uh, Sy- Sylvia, you said. She, she came on a one-day retreat? Just like this. You said she came home, um, you said like she'd been lobotomized? She just stopped caring about me, about herself. She used to be the most caring person I knew. Wow. And did she... So she never... She never did anything like that before? She never... No. Never used to shut down? No, no, not like this. No, like, flights of fancy or fun, strange... They did something to her. It says in the journal. Okay. Has she been to a doctor, or...? She was a doctor. I did notice you changed the incense. I didn't like to say anything at the time. I thought... I didn't know what I thought. But... That was a good call. This is very surprising. Are you certain that your partner had no... difficulties, no mental health difficulties. It's not unknown, even in the medical profession, perhaps especially in the medical profession. No more than we all do. I will need you to believe me, otherwise I'm... I'm a goner here. I believe you are very distressed, and likely with very good reason, but this does seem very... unbelievable. I'm sorry, but... Will you not help me? I need to find what's in that room. She said that there was something really strange in that room, but then she stopped writing when they took her. The room that's in the meditation hall I don't know exactly where, but something, yeah. What does the last thing mean? We're surrounded by an invisible barrier. What, What does that mean? She said she tried to run at some point, but she was stopped by something. She said it was like a wall, but she couldn't see it. I think it's all around us. Well, um, hey, this all sounds crazy, but it's pretty obvious that you believe it. I mean, that last thing sounds pretty testable from a scientific perspective. We can just go for a walk if we reach a point that we can't go any further than. Mm. Yes. We know that it's all right. That's a qu- that's just what I was thinking. Um, I, do, we, do we have time before the first activity? We, uh, what did she say where it would be? Because I mean, like we we made we it in head, fine. The road we could head works. back towards the car park, right? So, uh, I think we could only say that we forgot something in our car. Or... Yeah, we can put your mind at ease if we find it's not there. Okay, okay. As long as we don't skip an activity, because then they won't like that. We. Just to be clear, we're paying money to them, right? I mean, if I decide I don't want to do an activity, they can't make me. It's, it's not school. She just stares at you with sad eyes. Um, just remember to smile. Nicola raises her hand. I would like to do the activities. <laughs> we're only here for one day, and it just, it would, it'd be a shame. <sighs> sure, but, it, you know, we've just met each other. You seem like a good bunch. This is a beautiful place. Um, 
I think it would be nice to just go for a walk before the uh, Karen quickly checks the schedule and says um, the gratitude journaling at 12. We've got um, Fedra, how long do we have? Because uh, it was it, the last thing started at ten and ran for like a like forty five minutes an hour. Um, yeah. So I'll say that you have around like with unpacking, toilet breaks, resting, having this chat, and everything else. So you have around twenty twenty five minutes. Okay. Cool. Um, and before you go. Would anyone like to use the bathroom for the last time? <laughs> That's not ominous at all. <laughs> That's probably the most threatening <laughs> question about toilets that I have ever heard anybody You're say. You're to go for a walk, but does anyone really need a poo? <laughs> <laughs> Is she going to punish us if we go or if we don't go? I'm just saying, you don't want a full bladder on your long walk. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Ka- Karen, will, Karen will wisely use the bathroom beforehand. Karen, you enter the bathroom. <laughs> Karen, you're devoured. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet eats you immediately. <laughs> you fool. And you find that the toilet is disgustingly, irreversibly, overwhelmingly clogged. And it could be any one of you that did it. And this is where we're going to end tonight's episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what? <laughs> this brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Seb, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editors, Brayden and Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out this scenario book on our website and or at DriveThruRPG. Maybe send in some good vibes with a review. Your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. What's that? We have a new Patreon on board. That's right. Thank you so much for your support, Mike Sterling. May the omens be ever in your favor. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our cult elder and avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read out one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to starsaride.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Christopher B said, This scenario is a gem, a spiky, lethal little gem. Set in the modern era, but easy to adapt for other ages, it is set in a wellness retreat setting in the UK, but can be located anywhere. Designed as a one-shot of the main pregens provided the ideal characters for this scenario, 
but it can't be used as a one-shot for any experienced party. Due to the lethality of the scenario, I would recommend it as a scenario to end a campaign or even totally redirect it, as it will likely kill several of the player characters whilst you work out what is happening. The structure of the scenario is well-crafted with a believable timeline and progression. The maps and handouts are well-created to help bring the setting to life. The not the intention, this scenario can also send a party in a new direction and provide a new group to seek and stop from the plans of cosmic horror. I highly recommend this adventure and feel that it is soon to be a favourite for one-shot games and conventions. Thank you so much, Christopher B.